1: Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
3: Hello there. Welcome to Hardcore Listing with my amazing co-host over there, Stuart Whiffin. What's up? And me, just uh, the very average. At best. For a god, Chris Glasson. (laughs) <laughs> it's clever, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, this week's episode is with a bit of a legend. Yep. Um, a good egg. A really good it egg. is a good egg. Mm-hmm. Oh, And his topic somewhat covers good eggs, or food in general. See what have done there. Um, Eddie Temple Morris. Yes. Who has DJed for us in the past. A few times. S- still holds... Um, Almost a crown in my eyes is that doing an unbeatable oh. DJ set there. We so. do discuss this in the yeah, duration of this podcast. We, we talk
2: do. all sorts of things aside from his top five. We go we go in quite quickly and things get quite dark quite quickly on this one. Mm. Um and and I think the podcast is obviously all the better for that discussion. Oh, definitely. Um you know, Eddie's a, a staunch supporter and um patron of of calm calm mm-hmm. and and, 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 in and, and yeah and, and and talking about you know when we feel bad and when we feel low so yeah this is this is a, a cracking podcast um eddie's just i'm sure most of you guys have listened to eddie on on, on mm-hmm. and you know aside from the fact that he's he's a pal and he's he, he's come and done loads of some incredible dj sets for us it was that moment that we listened to him on pips it was like <clears throat> we've got to get this we've got to get mm. Eddie on because we've been trying for ages and um, we got it over line. Thanks to the Queen of Hoxton who yes. let us record there. Indeed. Um, and yeah, I know you guys are going to love this one.
3: Yeah, shout out to Love Beer and Bang Boom Creative. Yeah, um, to 76, our um, producer uh-huh. and Brad Acton, our, our good guy, Camera Gimp. Yes. Um, one last thing, you may well need a little snack by your side while Eddie starts yeah. describing these, uh, his top five.
2: Um, if you do like Radio DJs, have a little look for our back catalogue um, because we have done podcasts with some, might not be out yet. Um, I'm not too <laughs> sure if they are or not, but go through our back catalogue of unreleased. <laughs> well, no, have a little look because most of them are, are going to be out by the yeah, time Eddie's sure. comes out. Yeah. Uh, Colin Murray, um, Eddie, um, blah, 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 John. Uh, Kennedy. <laughs> Hughie Morgan. Hughie Morgan. Rowena S- Alice. Yeah,
3: Scroobius Pip, but you all know him.
2: Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's there's plenty of good stuff in the back catalog, mm. so go and have a little look back. But in the meantime, all I can say is, Eddie, steady, go. I like that. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Christmas Joe. Present our core listing, the podcast, and we're recording. We are recording. We are going. So we are not at the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen, where we normally record. We are not in my back garden, uh, which is the the, the base yep. of where we do stuff. So the whiffing.
3: We're recording in a skip. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, we
2: we're, we're at the sister venue of uh, Hoxton Square. They've let us use the Queen Hoxton tonight, which yes. is a uh, place of many memories for us. Yes, definitely. And, uh, in The basement, yeah, absolutely. That you made that sound sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting to be fritzled (laughs) any moment, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not for sex people. I assure you,
3: (coughs) um, yeah, done many a DJ set down here, which is a nice, simple, simple, tenuous link to our our wonderful guest today. Yes, should we go? Should we just dive straight in? Do it. Our guest today is Eddie Temple Morris.
0: What an utter delight to be here with you on, <laughs> on Hardcore listening.
3: I thanks, remember mate.
0: when Stu, Stu first mooted the idea to me at, uh, at your, your legendary night with Pip at yep. the book club. And I thought it was a great idea then. And, and I think it's an even better idea now that you've achieved number two in the, in Cheers, the, comedy, in the, comedy, in the comedy podcast on iTunes. Congratulations, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, thank you thanks very much.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems a lifetime away now, doesn't it? Yeah,
3: a year with you is a long time to be you sat in a room. You've, you've done um, how many of these
2: now? Oh well,
3: the, well we aside just today we Patreon released ones. yeah we released episode sixty two yeah. um, Monday yeah. Christ yeah a That's lot th- in a year yeah and then the patron ones we do an yeah. extra one each week for people who uh, like to pay to well to be abused really because yeah. we tend <laughs> to take yeah. you know a lot of patron um, membership things they probably put out shout outs Eddie, and say thank you for subscribing and stuff like that. we generally just pick a name each week to yeah. insult Most don't we them, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of podcasting. Yeah, you're within sniffing distance of 100 now. You're going to start planning the party. Jeez, <laughs> I, hell
0: yeah.
3: I like the sound of that. So,
2: I've probably known you quite a few years now, Eddie. Like, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: through through our mutual friend, uh, Scribius. yeah Yeah,
2: um, uh, our podfather. The, podf- uh, the <laughs> podfather. <laughs> of the podfather. Recently found out. No.
0: And he, he was, up until recently, the only podcast that I'd ever done. <laughs> wow. Well, and, and, uh,
3: and, and an impressive one it was as well, mate. Oh, thank one. you.
0: That mean, means a lot because that was my heart and soul.
2: It really was. On there. Mm. And,
0: so, uh, and, I, and I still get people approaching me on various social yeah. media platforms going, thank you, thank you for mm. you know, coming out and being... You it put it out being, on that one, yeah, mate. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was very proud to be the first of his guests that really came out. Mm. With you know the mental health thing and and it, and I know that it's helped people because so many people have got in touch with me, yeah and told me that and that's you know that that makes even one of those yeah uh, makes all of that because uh, i guess it's quite a brave thing to do to sort of you know to to admit that you're weak and fallible and breakable yeah. and all that sort of stuff, but it makes it all worthwhile you know when I've, one I've,
3: I've heard it. that there are people like that, but i've not <laughs> of experienced, <course> it. <laughs> experienced it you' yeah.
2: but but do you think Attitudes towards it are slowly changing.
0: Uh, absolutely. Really. I mean, really. Like, yeah. I've been involved for, in, this, in, in that particular uh, uh, arena for 10 years. And you
2: do work with um, the charity. With the Calm, the Campaign Calm, Against yeah. Living
0: Miserably. So I'm honoured to be the chair of their music board. And I've been a you know, one of their key kind of awareness raisers and fundraisers. And it's more about the awareness, really. Uh, and helping to get people like Steven Manderson, pr- Professor Green, involved, and uh, and others, you know, and, and and it absolutely, it really is uh, changing. I, I can see it. I mean, when I'm, when I was um, when I was approached by uh, Jane, who the, the amazing woman, ex Green and Common woman, that started Calm at the beginning. She was, I think, earning 6,000 quid a year and she was about to fold the whole thing up because it just wasn't, she, she couldn't even afford to put a second class stamp on an envelope and send it up to the police in Liverpool who were tearing their hair out because so many young kids were, were they were just dropping like flies to, to suicide. Yeah. And uh, she just, she said, Eddie, I really, really need your help. I need help with people like you. And so I, I helped and then, and then I got people much, much, much bigger. Um, and with a much bigger kind of media footprint than me to get involved. And that's what's really sort of helped to spread it. And and, and of course, and Pip, you know, Pip giving me the, the platform to do that and allowing me to do that and encouraging me to do that, bless him, because he's always been so... Mental health aware, hasn't he? Pip, yeah, you know, mum's mm. a Samaritan. Well, what there you it? go. Right. And, 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 you know, his his lyrics are very hot on their sleeve and very, and he's fearless. Yeah, uh, pretty, pretty, as miserable you know. Ones. So, uh, yeah, he, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, he's allowing
0: me to do that. Then just, it just, it just opened the door. You know, little old me did it, and then a lot of much bigger, much more famous people did it. You know, Gail mm. Porter, and then, um, was it R- Rajesh? Who's that amazing Ramesh? Sh- Ramesh. Ramesh, yeah, amazing comedian. Mm. And, um, and, 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 and many more besides mm. and, and it warms my heart that uh, there's a, a whole mental health section yeah, now in, of, of that podcast and of the book that came as a result yeah. of the podcast so yeah it's, it's one of the it's one of the best things I've ever done
3: Excellent. oh man that's so cool and, and long may calm continue as well to do the work that it's doing and and increasing the mental health awareness as well thank you
0: well they're doing great now you know they uh, when i met them they were having a six thousand pound year and now they're having a million pound year i think and and because they've got i mean the royal family are involved now they're part of the heads they're part of the heads together campaign that wills and and harry got got together you know with uh uh you know huge support that that they garnered and and that they get from you know whenever they Give an endorsement to anything, the yeah. press all kind of pounce on it. So, and and people like Pro Green and and uh, and big support people, other people who've been really helpful. Elliot, example, and other yeah. you know ma- mutual mates who have all been incredibly supportive, and and um, and it all helps. It's all grist to the mill.
2: Yeah, but it, uh, it's it's definitely changing in regards to you know people. People like Professor Green is a brilliant example for someone that is known as an uh, you know a, a, an urban hip hop act, whatever you want yeah. co- to yeah to. To come, to come out and go, yes, you know, I have my struggles. And, and to put it out there and be completely hard on Steve is fantastic. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. That, that, cause that will speak directly to, you know, a lot of, a lot of younger people that you know, might be seriously struggling. Yeah.
0: And, and the key thing with that is that uh, when you compare, if you don't talk about numbers, you just compare audience profiles, my, my audience and uh, pro's audience so my audience are generally thinkers you know they'd be probably guardian reading yeah. thinkers mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and, and, and people who would be fairly aware but but um pro a lot of pro's audience would be the the audience that we at calm find it very hard to reach yeah. so you know you're talking about uh, uh, maybe impoverished or struggling kind of uh, on the lower kind of social end of the spectrum, that feel disenfranchised by the government, that feel uh, out of the loop and disengaged with politics and with with, with uh, social mobility or anything like that, the kind of people who would go out on the rob, the kind of people who 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 probably have mugged someone in the past yeah. or nicked a phone or whatever. Like these are, and th- and these kind of people, um, they are really susceptible uh, to mental health problems because a lot of them come from a background where you just cannot talk about it you know in my 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 family and my my friends we talk about it mm-hmm. but if, when you come from you know you might come from like i don't know like a from, from a, a family of irish builders or from a family of like i don't know like an afro caribbean family and in those kind of cultures you don't talk about Not this shit so so like you it. It's seen don't as a sign it. of weakness isn't absolutely. it absolutely yeah. you know you, you you just would be you know like it would just be completely unnatural and and you would be almost sort of excommunicated from your family for even addressing yeah. those kind mm-hmm. of things. So I mean, huge respect to, to Pro and anybody that, 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 that is... That, ha- that has the engagement of those people because it's really hard to get through to them. And, and, and we really need to. We really need to. We could make a serious dent in the suicide figures if we could just get through to those guys. You know, yeah, They are the certain. ones who need it the most. You know, it's like, it's those guys. And, and uh, what, what was the, we had incredibly interesting figures uh, like January of last year about uh, suicide versus jobs. And you'd think, well, you know, maybe it's musicians or artists. It's not. It's brickies. It's, it's hod carriers. It's like low-skilled building workers that are the n- absolute number one for suicide. I mean, are, are I you, are I you surprised that. by that?
3: <coughs> um, I th- it's interesting to know that it's uh, guys that are in, you know, what, brickies full-time employment and stuff like that? or
2: but, but Things like that. For me, my, my day job is construction and, and, and I've worked on building sites for years on and off and that man-up culture still exists there. You know, it's rife, yeah. you know, and it, it is weird because even when you go on sites now, you, you know, there's, there's things talking about well-being and, you know, mental well-being and it's, it's filtering through, but there's still that, that awful word man-up, that man-up culture is still there. Yeah, the stiff upper lip thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely see it and the figures
0: bear it out. Yeah. I mean, all you have to mm. do is look at, you know, mm. it is by far... I'm not talking about, like, high-skilled sparkies and high-skilled, mm. like, cabinet makers. I know those guys. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the lower end of that building site spectrum are dropping like flies, mm. and it's a real problem. It's a real problem. And, uh, and actually, while, I, while we're on this subject, mm. there is something that I want to get out there, which is, which is, obviously, I've been involved in Calm for, with Calm for 10 years, but there's, a, there's a, f- a fact which I discovered. While we discovered this fact about, you know, the... the, the building site guys were the number one was this horrific fact that we we knew that musicians were high risk i know that i'm a high risk that my mates the musicians are high risk it's obvious
2: what, what, uh, why is that obvious like the creative kind of do, do, is it i mean is it because the creative people are more comfortable to talk about it and put their feelings out there if you're a songwriter if you're a Actor or I think there's so,
0: there's lo- so many thi- There's so many variables. I think again because uh, our artists are thinkers. You know, you think about this stuff sure. more, and that can sort of lead to it. Uh, also, the the uh, the soaring highs compared to the crashing lows mm-hmm. that you get in a career in music. Uh, it's really. It's like a, an old-fashioned roller coaster, yeah. uh, and and also nobody. The, the system doesn't teach you how to fail; only teaches you how to succeed. Yeah. Um, and plus, there are uh, alcohol issues that that are, you know, as you know, legendary in music. As are drug issues. Yeah. So all of those things can create very easy uh, perfect storms. But uh, but the, but the thing that I'm going to tell you is you'll 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 find shocking, I think, which is that you guys probably know that we three are five times more likely to kill ourselves than our sisters, girlfriends, mums, yeah. wives, or whatever, uh-huh. by virtue of the fact that we're men. Like we, yeah. we know that and we appreciate that. But in music, that almost inverts. And this is a, so this is a fact. A female musician is three times more likely to kill herself than a male musician.
2: Whoa. And,
0: and that is something that the UK music industry should feel ashamed about. Mm. And that opens up a whole new conversation about self-worth. Yeah. And about sexism and about patriarchy and misogyny.
3: Uh, wow! And, and,
0: and, but it, I mean, that's blown your mind, Chris. Yeah, hasn't
3: it Yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought it would invert that 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 much. Yeah,
0: I mean, if that was if that was Jon Snow on on election night with a pendulum swingometer, mm. he would he would uh, he'd be having a fit yeah. over that. It's it, you know, in, 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 but it's an it's like, it, it's it's an analogy, but I, I'm I'm introducing levity to something that's very 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 serious. Of course and uh, and i know lots of female musicians and and i know that some of them have had a really hard time yeah. and we've sort of touched on it and this is a note to self to uh, to call a couple of them and talk to them more because mm-hmm. uh, obviously that's really important talking communication is the key to all this
3: is that what y- is a lot of funding for calm to support that to to ensure that people who have uh, the need to talk to someone have got access to that well
0: that's an interesting word you've used there, funding. Calm doesn't get any funding. Oh, okay. We get nothing from the oh. NHS. We get nothing from the government. We get yeah. absolutely nothing. The only thing that we get is from people like you or mm. me or, or you know people who are listening to this who are kind enough to, to donate something. Yeah. Uh, and from a few corporations, it's usually almost in every case the people who get involved in Calm are the people who are touched by the cold hand of suicide. So yeah. I'm involved because my mate killed himself. And, and, you know, you'll be aware of it because probably one of your mates killed themselves. And, and it, it, it spurs you to get involved. It spurs you to give time or money or, or expertise or whatever it is. So it's always, it's the people that are, have been affected by it directly who, who get involved. Okay.
2: Well, people want to find out more <coughs> about
0: Calm... What's the what's the web address? It's Eddie? the calmzone.net. The calmzone.net. Okay. And that's obviously there. Twenty-four hours a day. We've got a free and confidential phone line which is open for most it's most it's now open three sixty five, but it's not open for twenty four hours a day. It's really expensive to, to do that. Yeah. And we still um we still don't have the funds to do that. But we you know, but hopefully it'll happen. It's just I want I want that line to be available in those Hours in those special hours where where you know those hours where I thought about really hard about about yeah. ending things you know those hours when between four and six uh, am when all of my insomniac buddies had gone to bed gone had gone to sleep or you know passed out and, and I was left on my own and uh, and all I had then was, Actually, was Gary Newman's wife Gemma, who was in LA, who sweetly gave me her number, and then and she was she was like around eight o'clock at night at that time, so she literally saved my life with that with uh, with that number that she gave me. Wow,
3: fantastic stuff.
2: Absolutely.
3: Well, that all being said, Eddie. Yeah. Let's lighten things Shall up. <laughs> All that talk of suicide has made me quite hungry. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a segue! That was that was just. Uh, if if we're going to use an audio clip, <laughs> that's that's the, that's the worst one. Um,
0: Poetry
2: that. Was well, look before cool. you say what you've chosen for your top five. Mm. Um, did you consider any other fives, mate, before you, you went for that one? Oh well, I mean, obviously you, you
0: you you came to me, and my first thing was, oh well, you know, could it be top five albums or yep. top five album covers or top five producers or top five studios oh, or top? Five Why have we never done top or, five
2: producers? Yeah, mm. top
0: five guitars. I mean, top five producers would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm. I mean, I'm thinking about that now. Well, fruff <laughs> you quickly, fruff you. Well, my my great the greatest producer in the world ever for me is Trent Reznor from Nine Inch oh, Nails. Okay. Good yeah. Um, I think he's absolutely incredible. Yep. He would be, he would be at number one, and he's now m- making the best soundtrack music that, I, in my view, has ever been made. You know? and, he's and he's over
2: here so much. Right? Yeah, Smith's he's meltdown, because exactly, because r- Robert Smith has got him to do the Some meltdown. Serious fucking mm. bands playing that, mate. It's the greatest lineup ever. <laughs> do you know what? I picked up Crack magazine the other day um, when I was up here, and literally every page is all these festivals across Europe and and um, all the all the ones over here. And then it was just a picture of, of Bob Smith. And just a list of all my favourite bands, yeah. And I just thought, do you know what? That's better than any other festival. Yeah, it is absolutely the best.
0: It's the, for me the, and, and uh, by the sound of things, Dude, for you, you as well. Classic <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Chris, tell your mum, your mom not to call you at work. <laughs> <Close>. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's just the, it's the greatest lineup ever, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you know, yeah, Deftones and Mogwai and Nine Inch Nails and you know it's just
2: oh, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's pretty mega. And I've I've never seen Deftones. Uh, no. Oh wow! Yes, I have. At V98, I think it was. No, I was there.
0: Oh, it might have been Reading. Oh, sorry. Wait, oh, one of those. It was in yeah, 98 It was 90. It was in 98. Maybe it was Reading. Yeah. yeah right. There you go. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's
2: right. It was. It was Reading in 98. I was sometime. quite pissed in Chelmsford that year, but I'm sure I would have seen the death time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it was, it was ready. You I, I'm right. taking. I'm taking no. you watch the uh, Defiant ones then, because Resna gets
3: a bit of a shout out in that. Have you seen that series on Netflix? Oh no, I haven't. Yes, but I've rich. heard. Stuff. Eddie, you love it. It's yeah. worth a watch. Isn't no, I can't it, wait with, uh, to get stuck in.
0: Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I, I'm. I'm just. Um, I'm obsessing over Brooklyn Nine Nine at the moment. <laughs> it's I'm great. I'm watching it all. I'm yeah, w- I'm watching it yeah. all for the, maybe the fourth time. I've seen every episode maybe four or five times.
3: I love Andy Sandberg. And yeah, agree. yeah,
0: yeah. He's of, yeah, and it's just one of the. It's one of the best. It's, I think it's the best writing on telly. It's right up there with the greatest things ever written on telly, like with Father Ted and yeah. Cheers and Frasier and all and and Thirty Rock and those ones that are just where the where the writers are the stars. You know, yeah. it, it's just incredible. Cool. So I could have picked top five wines as well because I'm a massive vinophile. Love my wine. Okay. And uh, that could have, you know, if if we do a drunk cast, maybe we could bring that bring that guy. <laughs> yeah. <live>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could we could drag that in here if
3: you yeah. if you could bring a few bottles and yeah. I could talk about
0: but blue nun for about twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I've, well, I you know me to be a passionate guy. And, yes. I'm, and as as you know, I'm very passionate about mental health and uh, I'm an advocate in that. And I'm very passionate about music. That's where I made my career. But if I wasn't a musician and a producer and a DJ I would be a chef if I wasn't so afraid of a hard day's work Uh, that is
3: a that is a hard
0: day's work buddy as well it really is I know know so many chefs and I know that um, their wives and girlfriends are widows essentially to that uh, to that incredible and noble profession I've always been a foodie I've always you know people who come around for, for dinner or lunch at mine tell me tell me I'm a good cook I would never say that myself I would let other people you know Oh, appraise, I'm appraise my. In skills, many ways, you I've have been. <laughs> <laughs> I've, always, I've always been. Uh, I've, I've always, I've always been really into ingredients. Really into food. It's yeah. the thing that I love the most, apart from music. And it's the thing that I know about the most, apart from music.
2: About maybe a year or two years ago, you, you used to post some decent pictures of, uh, of of what you was concocting. Oh,
0: I'm still. I still do yeah. that. I still do that, and it's really nice to. Um, it's really nice to inspire others. Like I, I'm, I'm, I got really into baking, not baking in a cake way, it, bread. Yeah. Right. I got really into sourdough bread. And I, I've been enc- through Facebook and Instagram been encouraging people to do that. I think it's really therapeutic. I think it's really, actually really good for your mental health, baking bread, uh, it, giving birth to something yeah. that, that is alive. You know, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's great.
2: Great. Pip's great. brother makes.
3: Pip's bro, put it this way, when Pip's brother goes away um, on holiday, uh, Pip's mum, Who we all love, she has to go and feed. Not feed feed his gerbil. Feed. feed the bacteria that he's cultivating to create the dough yeah. for his bread. and that's But right. that's at like 4am. They need feeding. So. <laughs>
1: <There. laughs> like it has to
3: be like, like at that hour. And like poor Jenny's got to go there and sort of like <laughs> make sure this bacteria doesn't die.
0: It's, um, it's incredibly resilient. I've heard stories of that, that thing that you're feeding is called a mother. It's called huh? a sourdough mother. <laughs> okay. and just like you're the mother feeding the mother. Uh, there's something quite poetic about that. But um, I've heard stories about mothers being left for two years... And oh. then reviving, so wow. life will find a way. Okay. And I, I, you know, I've left mine for weeks, and and then just start feeding it, and it just
3: you know, it just always brings to life. So do you think Ian's having Jenny on then all this time that there's yeah, actually
2: so. no reason? For it. I like to think this is a Samaritan here. She's like, look, look sorry, I've got to go. I've got to, I've got to go yeah. go.
0: <laughs> feed Ian's <it into> bacteria.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, if you're making if you're making bread in an industrial way, then obviously you've got to you know you've got to feed it regularly. Yeah. Or if you're you know if you're making a, a loaf a day, then if you don't. Feed it, then, then um, uh, you're not going to have enough uh, mother there to make your sourdough. But you know, somebody like me who just makes a, a loaf a week or a loaf every yeah, couple yeah. of weeks, yeah. Um, yeah, just you can you, you can you can feed it once a week and you're absolutely fine.
2: Oh, amazing. So your top five this evening, Eddie, is going to be.
0: It's going to be well. I wanted to do top five, and I'm going to use the word meals, but I. In, by osmosis, I now don't like that word because um, an ex-girlfriend of mine who actually features in one of in, in one of these... I'm not going to even say it again. She really hates that word. And it's kind of become infectious and now I don't really like it either. And so I try not to use it. So I wanted to do top five meals, but without saying meals, which I just said twice again. Sarah, <laughs> sorry, Sarah, if you're listening. Um, so I, I, I can't say top five dinners because one or two of them are lunches. Okay. And I can't say, say top top five lunches because some of them are dinner so top five things that i put in my mouth at any given time of the day
3: <laughs> I mean we can it's make a, it the title a, of this yeah. as well it's a catchy it's a catchy title
0: it's a catchy title so I, I guess it's top it, it is top five meals but but you know I'm, tr- I'm now saying that gratuitously
2: so um, are they from five to one as in one being the best or are they just five that you equally rate
0: well Oh that'd be hard to it'd be really hard to um to uh to rate them but do i but if i have to you, you i will you you don't do. have to, not not to mate. It's your, it's your well top I, five. It, we can we can we can talk about them and then maybe i can rate them at the end okay, or maybe sure. you can rate them at the end okay um but i i think we should start with pizza
3: okay okay you
0: yeah. know i'm here with the lads and you know pizza is um is a much loved thing okay. i bet i mean do you do you, uh, uh, do you have a mental list of the best pizzas that you've ever had in your life um, i can, I,
3: I can give you some Quite quickly, I yeah. can tell you my. I can tell if if you used to say what's my number one, I can give you that. Yeah, go on, right give me your, now. give me your top So there's three. a there's a pizza um, place in Hackney Wick, and I can't remember the name because I've been there for probably about two years now. Yeah. And it used to do this ground, spiced lamb, minced lamb pizza. Yeah. On sourdough, and it would just. If I went there and they didn't have it, it ruined my night. Yeah. <laughs> because it was that good, yeah. it was absolutely just the best, and I didn't even ha- ever have to think about the fact what I was going to order when I was there. it was just it was perfect in terms it wasn't overly complicated, there wasn't loads of ingredients on there well executed mm. and uh, I didn't eat it and then come away feeling like um I was pregnant or you know i i I'd, I'd, I'd consume something overly you know. Grease-induced and yeah. awful for you. So, yeah, that, that would be my number
2: one. How about you, Stu? Is there I anyone? I did leave it feeling really bloated and I uh, was quite happy about it. Um, <laughs> I recently went to Scotland. Yeah. And um, we'd we, we done this little thing a couple of months ago, didn't we? And Gail Portal came come along and done it. Mm. And we was chatting, obviously. She was saying, all oh, this place I need to go when I'm in Scotland. And she went, when you're in Edinburgh, go to this restaurant tell him I sent you, because we was having this conversation. You're a vegetarian.
0: No, not at all. You're not? No, okay. I'm a rampant omnivore. Uh, no, right, fantastic. <laughs> um,
2: I love haggis. and uh, That's an acquired taste. Oh, I love it. And she went, go here and have a haggis pizza. And I was like, right, I'm doing that. And so a couple of weeks ago, I went to Edinburgh, went to this restaurant, and I said, right, I've been sent here to try the haggis pizza. Oh, fuck me. It was incredible. And I'm not a massive pizza fan. My, my missus and kids, if it's like, we're going to get a takeaway, they're like, can we have pizza? And, and they're all over it. But for me, it's not up there. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make my top five takeaways, but a good pizza is a good pizza. Yeah. But yeah, haggis. that was mine. Oh, no,
3: mate, I would love to try that. I really would.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
0: exhaustively researched this. <laughs> you know, I went, when I was in New York, I went to the best pizza in New York and it wasn't the best pizza. Oh, I, you know, I, I, the thing I love about pizza is it's so unpredictable unless you really make it a science like Voodoo Ray's who just down the road from here. Oh, do. Yep. That's incidentally my, my number two. I think that's the mm, best pizza in the UK. It's cracking. I've is had some weird experiences it, in the, that pizza the, place. The only, the only time I've ever eaten the same thing for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Well, lunch, dinner and 6am coming yeah. back yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was Voodoo Rays at Glastonbury where I discovered and they said that it's a hack it's the, it's the Eddie Temple Morris signature slice from Voodoo Rays oh. and, uh, and it is and the chefs there said it's a hack and it's the queen vegan from, from Voodoo Rays with extra pecorino because they put all their best ingredients on that vegan oh. pizza. It's got those amazing fat green olives and aubergine and artichokes. Really, you know, Sorry, primo what is, what ingredients. Is pecorine, pecorine,
2: pecorine.
0: Pecorino is a type of cheese that comes from Sardinia. It's a very, it's a salty version of Parmesan. You know, Parmesan's Ooh. kind of yeah, got a sweetness to it, and Pecorino is a bit more salty and a bit more kind of powdery, and it's nice. uh, it's really good, and and it's and it's not as bad for you as a lot of cheeses. So. Uh, yeah, basically that the queen vegan pizza from, from Voodoo Ray's with, with extra parmesan or pecorino yep. is a hack and it is absolutely to die for. And other notable ones that I've had in my life were, like I say, New York. The best pizza in New York wasn't the best pizza. It was a pizza I got from a corner shop. In the Stuyvesant district of New York, which is remarkable for being, I think, the only bendy street in New York. There's a kind of an yeah, oval-shaped yeah, yeah. street, because everything else is yeah. is, is uh, perpendicular. Mm. And I, it was like late at night. I was there to uh, to go to the DMC World Mixing no, Championships yes. to go and see some incredible to go and, well see Dexter and see to see Craz DJ Craz win it as he always used to yeah. do in those days. And I went into this literal just corner shop, you know, and and they had pizza. There in this glass box already made. And one of them was a white pizza. It was was a garlic pizza that didn't have any tomato on it. And I had a slice of that and uh, and a slice of just normal pizza. And it was so much better than the best pizza in New York. It was absolutely mind-blowing. See, for me, a pizza, because it's such a subjective thing. And people like different things. Some people like thick ones. Some people like thin ones. Some people like crispy or floppy. For me, the perfect pizza has to be erectile. You have to be able to pick it up from the edge, and it is erectile. It okay. doesn't. Fl- it only flops maybe half an inch yeah. in the middle.
3: There's, there's a, there's a Bit of room for play, yeah, a
0: little bit of play, but just ultimately c- you can get that in your mouth unassisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so them. if it, if you lift it up by the edge and it just like flops, and then all the toppings just like just slide yeah. off it, that's the worst for me. Yeah. That's absolutely the yeah. worst. It's got to be, and you've got when you bite into it, it's got to have that crunch that you can hear from like ten paces away.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm with you, you on that, mate.
0: And and so. Uh, these guys absolutely rocked it in that corner shop. And then one more big up I want to s- send is to um, the guy. Oh, I can't remember his, his his nickname is Mavado, and he he's an he's an <laughs> he's an ex drug dealer who who ended up working in a kitchen. Kitchens are full of, of drug addicts. And uh, he <laughs> I like read Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. It's one of the best books ever written about about kitchens. Um, it's the you know, uh, being in a, working in a kitchen it's the only job that anywhere in the world it's the only job that you can get with no qualifications all you have to do is just turn up and go can I wash the dishes exactly and, you know, that's straight it. on you're, pot you're wash in.
3: you're in and you can work your way <laughs> or I, I watch it when I worked in a restaurant you can watch people start on pot and work all their way their way right up to from the salads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Go fantastic. through all the
0: sections, become a yeah. line chef, and then end up sous chef yeah. and then head chef yeah. or whatever. And you started washing pots and respect to all of those yeah, guys. For sure. that, that know how the kitchen works from the back. And that's that's fantastic. But so Mavardo was was, <laughs> was 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 dealing drugs and then he ended up working in the kitchen, sort of going straight. And uh, he just made the most incredible pizza. Recipe given him given to him by an English lady called Sharon. And I went back there in a, like a pilgrimage to go and have that pizza and Mavado had gone and Sharon was cooking. Same recipe and it was dreadful. It was the worst pizza no. I've ever had. And here's the interesting thing. Same recipe but there's the thing. You can put the same ingredients but if you don't put the love into it it's not, you're going to have a completely different result and it, it was like absolutely terrible.
2: Movado hadn't ecstasy in it.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, not yeah. at all. <laughs> I,
0: yeah. And actually, I saw, I saw, I saw Movado. He's, I think his name's Wade, actually. Wade, sorry if you're listening to this, but um, he, he, he's amazing. Like, I, and he'd, he'd gone back to growing weed up in the jungle because he's made far much far more money. But I wish he'd, he'd Um, stayed in the kitchen because he's obviously got some kind of magic to him
3: definitely but there is a sort of like that creative cultivating thing I think between like sort of growing weed or indeed like your application in the kitchen so if you if you you really care about what you're doing I've known people maybe, that are great at growing weed. And they take it to uh, some sort of insane art form, really. And they love it. They absolutely <laughs> die with a passion. And, and I, I imagine it's very much the same with, with cooking, you know? Yeah. You yeah, can use absolutely. the same ingredients, but there's yeah. so many variables. And one of them is, well, your, your commitment to what you're about to, yeah, you're about to produce. You it's, can taste the love in food. Mm. You really can. And, and this on this
0: little beach in Tobago, <laughs> You know, this this guy wasn't even a chef, was making pizzas, and it was at that time the second best pizza in the world, but which brings me to the number one. Now, the number one, <laughs> and it, this is worth, a, and I'm going to go on a pilgrimage there because it's a it's a bit of a journey. So you've heard of Malta, obviously. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Gozo? <laughs> yeah. um, no. It, I it's a that. little island off Malta, and Malta is, I think, the most pop, densely populated place in Europe. And really? the, Yeah, the, so the Maltese go it's where they would go like for a weekend to the country yeah. they just take a ferry to gozo nearby island and it's really unspoiled there by you know it's unspoiled by everything there's hardly any cars on there and it's um, you know there's hardly any development it's a nice unspoiled yeah. little island and on there there is a 13th century uh well not even a restaurant it's just an oven well it is i guess a restaurant takeaway and it's 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 a medieval oven from the days when nobody had ovens Oh, there would be one oven in a village, the baker, and people would take their goods to bake to the baker, and then the wow. baker would bake them. And that's what, that, what, how, and, and and so a lot of society revolved around the baker, around the oven. And so this is a 13th century oven. You know, stuff is really old around Malta. It's you know they they, they kind of founded Malta after the uh, after the uh, Crusades. Knights of Saint John who uh, guarded the road to Damascus were basically thanked for guarding the road for all sure. the pilgrims by b- being given Malta and that's how it started you know that's why it's got the maltese cross mm-hmm. and all that comes from the, the the you know the templar knights and the hospital mm-hmm. the, Hospita- the hospitalier knights so yeah it's, it you know the, a lot of their history goes back and the history of their piece of of the, of this oven goes back to the medieval times and um, they have somehow i don't know they've just Oh, I tell you how they, I, I don't know what their base is made from. I can tell you that, you know, there's a little bit of corn flour in Bavado's one. I can tell you there's a little bit of polenta in Voodoo Ray's one, but I, I didn't ask that, I don't speak Maltese and I didn't ask them what, what it was, but it was magic. It was fully erectile. <laughs> and it had and it had um local i love local and seasonal ingredients so i went for the local sausage and the local cheese i think it was like a used milk sort of mountain mm. cheese from from um, sheep that were there but here's the game changer it had a layer of thinly sliced potatoes over the top of the pizza I and like then this. garlic herbs olive oil so you had Maltese do double carbs really well. Their national dish is basically chip butty. Is, oh, it's, yeah. Well, no. Well, that would be the national dish of the north. Yeah. But, but no. Imagine a, a penne bolognese mm. in a pie. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds like I'm joking. Wow. Sounds <laughs> incredible. <laughs> you're, you're, you're sold. So wow. I think it's called it's called a timpana. Any so Maltese people? Were cooked half. So, so. I mean, you've got, you've got a pizza and then yeah. a thin layer of potatoes over the top of the pizza and then some garlic and herbs and, and olive oil over the top of that. Oh, so so, and then in the oven. That's so you've true. basically got a pizza with all of the things that you know and love about a pizza and an erectile bottom and a lovely cr- crunch. And then you've got this kind of dauphinoise potato now, I was going to say,
3: that's, that, yeah. that's how I'm visioning it. Going on over yeah. the top.
0: It's just one layer, one thin layer. So, you know, in, a, in, a, in an oven, in a pizza oven, which is what, 500 degrees yeah. or something, it's like almost hot as the, as the centre of the sun. I might be exaggerating slightly my, my there. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, we're <laughs> so, on number five. So, so it was—it was incredible. I took that pizza, and, and everybody on Malta. You know, when you go, I'm going to go to Gozo. They go, go to Marshok. Oh yeah, by the way, this place is called Marshok. I don't know how to spell it, but phonetically, it's yeah. called Marshok. If you go to 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 uh, Malta, you have to go there. Otherwise, we can't be friends anymore. Okay. Okay, everybody that's listening to this, you just have to. It's it's it, seriously, it's the best pizza in the Knight's world.
3: Nights pizza is what I've basically got from this, and that that just sounds bloody amazing, Eddie. And we're, we're literally only on number five. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like you say, Stu, that nothing <laughs> more on the top of a pizza. Yeah,
0: it's a game changer. Oh. It's an absolute game changer. And I took that down to the beach, fair old walk, and uh, a little bit of a drive, and then a walk down to the beach, and it was still erectile when I got that out of the box, and it was just. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's where you are and obviously the salt in the air by the beach would mm-hmm. have made it sort of taste a little bit more savoury. Mm-hmm. And the fact, that it's a beautiful summer's day and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful beach. That would have yeah. helped. But honestly, I, I have really, really exhaustively gone through my... Ev- every pizza that I've, that I've eaten kind of goes into a, men- a place in my, my mental sort of top 100. And that just went straight into number one. You ever tried to recreate any of these indoors? No, well, see, I don't have a pizza oven. You know, you right. need to have a proper pizza um, sure. oven to do yeah. that. Uh, I've got does, a bacon stone
3: way. here's a joke if we were talking about doing something maybe but Pip's got a pizza oven that I helped install oh so gosh. yeah God, one day Eddie a pizza cast yeah pizza cast <laughs> 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 yeah that needs to happen
2: be pretty cool Alright, so, so look before we go on to your next one yeah do you want to talk a little bit about your new
3: podcast can, can I just quickly oh, sure. ask
2: about pizza just Sorry, my last bro. question yeah please just my last question on pizza
3: what shouldn't be on a pizza well, in my view, pineapple. Yeah, I, I concur with that
0: completely. Uh, concur I, with I that. get, I get it, mm-hmm. and and I have enjoyed a, a ham yeah. and pineapple pizza in LA in the late eighties. Because you're a grown up as 90s, well, and you, you know. won't just completely. Pick well, it was, it, food. was the, it was the first time, you know. Somebody else, somebody else bought that pizza. They yeah. went, they said, you know, Canadian pine, Canadian bacon and pineapple, and and this is a dude who was in platoon. I wasn't <laughs> going to argue with him. He was also the guy who lamped out Keanu Reeves in uh, in Point Brick. I'm not going to argue no. with that guy. He ordered the pizza, and and I and I kind of enjoyed it. But when I think about it, it is kind of wrong. And I mm. and I know that I, I know it's a huge divisive issue. And I almost fell out with with Kate Lawler, my uh, my um, colleague at Virgin Radio, over this because she absolutely loves. Pineapple on a yeah. pizza, but you, you you talk to any talk to any Italian, <laughs> they'll go, it's so wrong. It's just so wrong. Yeah, I
3: don't I don't really get it, and I, and also um, pepperoni, I, I can I can just about pass on that as well. That's what? I know that's controversial. I You're not bothered. You what you don't like pepperoni on take, a pizza? Take it or leave it. Put really? it that way. I'm not I'm not picking it off. But yeah. I'm also not. I couldn't have a pepperoni pizza on its so own. Well you'd push you've it obviously to the floor. Had poor, poor pepperoni. May, maybe maybe.
2: We me and Pip when I watched a stand-up thing last week and he got a pizza before we went in and just that little egg in the middle sometimes
0: oh Fiorentina mate the spinach and egg one yeah that's Mm. a that's a good that's a good breakfast pizza or a good a brunch pizza yeah that you know and and that is gonna sag in the middle but that's kind of that's kind of acceptable in Mm. under those circumstances and every rule should
3: have an exception yeah you know
0: (laughs) all rules should be broken (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> so so Pip, Pip likes an egg on a pizza, does he?
2: He really put it away pretty sharply Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he looks like the kind of guy who'd have an egg on his pizza <laughs> to
3: be honest with you well, So you very kindly asked about this
0: this podcast so I said that the, the, the first podcast and the, the last podcast that I mm. uh, that I ever did uh, that wasn't my own was, was Pip's and I never really did one and, and uh, I'm honoured to be asked to do yours but uh, in the meantime, uh, good old Deezer who are the French version of... Um, uh, Spotify have taken this 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 podcast that I've done with uh, an incredibly interesting colleague and friend
2: Nick Hawks, who's recently done Pip's podcast as well, right? That's right. Yes, yeah. yes. I, 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 man, I, yes. That's right. Was that are. out last week? I believe that was Pip's. Podcast. Yeah, Come out I think last it was. Week. Yeah, I think it was.
0: And uh, and 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 it's delightful that Pip's done that, and as as a um, you know, and because Nick is such a such a dance music legend. So, the, the podcast What's the story that we do. With me, Nick? Well, so the story is that he manages Liam Howlett. And that's how I know Nick. Uh, you, you know, because I've toured so much with the Prodigy as a DJ. Uh, and I'm now, you know, very friendly with, uh, with Liam and, and with all the boys and the crew. And when I uh, tore up my contract and walked out of XFM, uh, with the greatest respect in the world to XFM, I. I um, I didn't want to obviously I didn't want to be involved in in the thing that it became. Yeah. Uh so I I was the only one brave enough to to, to tear my contract up. Mm. And uh and I got a call from uh from Nick the very next day. And he said, Boys, I've told me to call you, and they send their love and they went, you know, you're better off out of there. We've seen what, it's, I think I guess it maybe it's a week later. They'd seen what it was, what it turned what it was yeah. turning into. They'd seen that um that this new station uh, had had taken uh, xfm's most hated celebrity of all time and made them uh, made that made him their new figurehead and uh, obviously i found that really offensive so did the prodigy and a lot of other people so uh, uh, he got in touch with me and he said i know what you should do next you should do the like He he described this thing, and I said, "What you're describing is the desert island discs of electronica." And he went, "Yeah, that's that's it." And and we need to have like there needs to be an online resource that is free for kids of the future to uh, understand and appreciate and hear all of the people that made the music that has completely changed the world. You know, that, that you talk about British ingenuity and engineering and in science and in chemistry and whatever. But dance music, that's right up there mm. with penicillin and with, with, with all of those things. For me, it's, it's, it's right up there. Uh, it's absolutely a world-changing phenomenon. And some of the protagonists of it, the early protagonists, you know, they're getting old now. And, and we need to yeah. document them before um, they pop their clogs. And so uh, that's what we're doing. And Deezer, bless them, have taken this on as a legacy project.
2: And so is it just you and Nick or do you have guests so, on
0: talking then? So yeah, so Nick basically said, uh, I think you should do it and and I should help you produce it because between us, we know everybody. And I thought about it and I went, well, it's a really good idea, but, but I, I, I think the idea could be improved. I think it shouldn't be me. It should be you and me because you were there getting your trainers dirty yeah. around 1988 to 1991 in and around the M25 um, at all those raves, that was your thing. I was just the guy who was like trying to get some sleep, going. This is this is a racket. Uh, this is just a kick drum. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't. I I I wasn't involved in any way. Mm-hmm. For, for me, like at that time, I just I didn't want to be involved. And and uh, it's only with the benefit of hindsight now that I've, I know and love many of those records that are being played then. But at that time, it was just a racket to me. And I, and so I I thought you know, Nick, you're a dance music legend. This is the man that set up XL Records, signed the prodigy, you know, and as Essex boys, that's, you know, he he should be in, in the Hall of Fame legend right dream. there for doing that. Mm. And uh, so he thought about it and he went, that's really sweet of you to think about me as a presenter. I've never thought about myself as a presenter before, but I, you know, I, I think you're right. And also I said... And as and you know this, a triangular conversation is much more interesting than a yeah. than a ping pong, yeah. you know, between two mm-hmm. people. You and and the way that I saw it, I thought I could be an agent provocateur. I could be, you know, maybe a host because I've done I've played this game before. Mm. Um, but you know, you're having you, Nick, and a legend from dance music, and me as a as a more of an impartial observer that's gone into dance music from a completely different angle. That's to me, that's an interesting dynamic. So um, so we started, and and uh, and, uh, and Chris from from D- who's at Deezer now. He was my boss at XFM, and he very sweetly, <laughs> I, okay, I'm gonna okay I'm gonna say this, and I, 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 I don't care. Like I, I don't think anyone mind. I think that I think enough water's passed under the bridge to to say this. But it was a gagging deal. Um, Chris basically said, if uh, he said at the time, he said if you tell everyone why you've left. Then, because you know where all the bodies are buried. You've been here for 15 years. Yeah. Like, And if you tell people you're leaving because of Moyles and because of what we're doing, then you're gonna sink us. So please, please don't say anything. And if you don't say anything publicly, then you can use the studios here for anything that you like, except for six music. <laughs> he had a beef with six and uh and so i so i took him up on that and so i started doing trailblazers with nick and we we recorded almost every single one of those in at global radio um but, and and i didn't say anything publicly and and now you know and and, and until you know they they like nearly two years later uh, well, as soon as i joined virgin I got, a, I, got a, uh, I got an email from somebody that I've never met at uh, one, of, one of Richard Park's bully boys um, who said, uh, sorry, you can't do this. You, well, he didn't say sorry, he just says you can't do this anymore. <laughs> and completely denied the gagging, the gagging deal thing, which, you know, I, I guess he had to do, but it absolutely was a gagging deal and, you know, that's what it always was. And
2: it was really strange to see, was. to see what happened to X. Like, because, correct me if I'm wrong, because um, we've got mutual friends, that are Jim Benna being one of those. Yeah, um, and and John, um, John Kennedy, yeah, absolute yeah. legend. Yeah, um, who's who's been on hasn't he? Top yep. five Christmas singles, <laughs> 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 very unique um, ones. But for me, uh, uh, do, you, do you mind me asking how old you are already?
0: Uh, you know, not at all. It's an uh, I'm an open book. I was born in 1965, right.
2: so uh, I just had my 53rd birthday. I okay, think. so i'm 45 and i remember correct me if i'm wrong because did robert smith organize a gig to try and set up xfm
0: almost was it there was something it, at Finsbury yeah, park it, 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 or well it wasn't robert smith it was chris parry his manager right so basically what happened the, the formation of xfm uh and i'm surprised john you know this with john because uh, he was basically the, you know there when this was happening uh it was the Cure's manager, being exasperated that the Cure weren't getting enough airtime in his mind, and and mm-hmm. he's quite right because they're one of the greatest things that's ever happened about the UK, uh, and so he just thought, you know what, I'm going to just start a radio station for music like the Cure, mm-hmm. um, because he felt that you know Radio One were kind of you know p- putting the Cure as a heritage act and on the back burner the way that they do. And they were too cool for to be on Radio 2, and, and there was no alternative station. So, you know, he created the alternative, and it was a pirate. Mm. And, then, uh, and then, as pirates often do, as was the story with Kiss and with Rince, it became a legitimate thing, and the radio authority recognized it and gave them a license. And then Capital Radio, as it was then, bought the license, and I
1: joined in the year 2000. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.
2: Because I, um, I went to Charlotte Street.
0: That's and it where was, it was, yeah. It
2: was over there. And, uh, and that was when Ricky had just started. And, and, I, t- cause, and I took him in my demo and he put it on. And Ricky was not famous then. Yeah. And I remember him putting it on. And I couldn't give it... At the time, I couldn't give a shit what Rick said. And I was just <laughs> like... But in the corner of my eye... I could see Gary Crowley's foot tapping, and I was thinking, Crowley's tapping his foot to me demo. Uh, that's it. I've made it. Crowley, Crowley's on board. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh my gosh.
0: I was on his demo clash when he was really? on. Yeah, the Gary Crowley demo yeah. clash. But that was pre XFM. Yeah, it that was been. Yeah. Uh, that was when he was on Radio London, I think. It that's was. right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and and my band were up against Swade, who Ricky managed. Is that right? Mm. Good God. Wow. Now they're managed by Dids from the Cooper Temple Clause. Small, really? small world yeah 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 um so so where were we oh we were we just tra- talking about the changes <laughs> at x and, oh, yeah, and stuff like yeah, that yeah but, but, uh, so yeah yeah gosh i miss i miss xfm and i haven't i've never listened to radio x it's too it's too heartbreaking yeah to, so yeah. I've, I've, I've literally never listened but i have lots of good friends there yeah. the, you know the guys that run it i love them they're, they're great guys and mm. and uh i've got all the time in the world for them
2: um, so did you I mean, I'm i not going to ask you about, you know, decisions as to why, you you know, you, you moved away and whatnot, you know, but could you see the change in mainstream indie and where it was going and was it going more white van driver, um, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It was like, did what, it, these things are
0: all, as you know, as a club promoter, you yeah. know that these things are all cyclical. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and and you know the, your your questions is is a better question for John Kennedy really because I'm more of a I'm more of a dance guy but I've but yeah. I've always been in that lovely grey that, that what I see as a lovely grey area in between dance and rock mm. uh, or between indie and dance you know and the bands that I really like are the ones that cross that have a foot yeah. in each uh, but it's it's always cyclical and and you know indie might be out or I guess it's sort of st- it's starting to come back in indie's been out for a, quite a while mm. but um, but you know you see Bands like Blossoms and, and, and stuff coming, you know, becoming really successful yeah. now, and, and you know, Arcade Fire doing so well, and, mm-hmm. and um, there's definitely a groundswell uh, towards that. And it, you know, things go out of fashion, and then the wheel turns slowly and slowly, and then and then what was incredibly uncool becomes incredibly cool ten years later. Mm. So, you know, dance will fall out, and will 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 you know be replaced by indie yeah. any time
3: now, probably.
2: I've been waiting for that.
3: You've been waiting for that, you're teasing him there. <laughs> <laughs> are you a are you you real cause, indie kid? Because you know, <laughs> even as promoters, we're always looking for that opportunity to go, right, come on then, let's, let's get the next, the new exciting place to go, the new culture, the new thing going that people can go to and get a buzz off and, yeah, yeah, and live and, music and, and, and bands. and
0: People like me will always be there to to, to push against mm. that. Because like, I, when I, DJ in a dance club hmm. I, I like to ask questions of a crowd hmm. you know uh, yes I, pl- I do play a lot of crowd pleasing stuff but I like to ask I like to push a crowd as far. I like to find the boundaries yeah. I like to find like exactly. where I can get what I can get away with it's so, that
2: balance of integrity and, and just giving them what they want as well and just it is a fine line uh, giving, I, what, giving but them but their I, greens
0: I, yeah. I like to push yeah. like when I'm playing in an indie place I'll I'll go as Dancy as i can yeah. possibly go yeah. and when i'm playing in a dancy place i will go as indie as i can possibly go yeah. <laughs> always that's that's what i've always done you know i played an indie set at creamfields i mean i you know i i helped start to beat the rocks which was yeah. which was to taking indie to an island of, yeah. of at that time trance yeah you know that was it like it was it was house and trance music then mostly trance yeah and uh you know i'm proud to be the first person pretty much that played drum and bass on that island yeah i remember playing you know pendulum's first single in, in privilege at, yeah. at Manumission and Ibiza Rocks wasn't even a, an idea then and, uh, and I remember clearing the floor but for a f- it, was, it was like half, half the people there just went what the fuck is this I've got no idea what's happening here, but it's like, it's, it's very uncomfortable, 174 BPM. And I don't know how to dance to it. I don't know what's <laughs> going on and I'm freaking out. And, 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 but then there was some other people who were doing Islamic kowtowing to me, like literally just going, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Thank you so much for playing yeah. this. So it was, you know, it, like it, it divides. It, it, it really divided. But that's, that's what I mean. I'm always there. I'm always there to... To push, to push against.
2: One of one of my uh, memories that, that that I have, where I just thought, "Cool, that was a brave move." Was Zane coming DJ? Um,
3: oh, oh yeah, um, <coughs> I remember this.
2: And uh, and it was at the time dubstep was really blowing up. Yeah. And 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 it was lots of hip hop was being played. Was that when it was in Essex? No, no, no. That it's cause it's you come to Southend and Dunleer, yeah. didn't you? But no, yeah. we'll done. talk about the Southend gigs. One too. of my favourite gigs of yeah. all time.
3: It's still, I, I all of the sorry, Sue, just to interject, just quickly. It's still in terms of the people we've had come play for us. I can't challenge that. No one's beaten you in terms of a DJ <laughs> set, mate. That's that is
0: legendary. That thank set. You. It really was.
3: I, I'm not pulling your pulling your leg, mate. That was one of the best sets I've ever seen. Oh, thank and you, the, man. That and means I remember a lot. The, the drips. Just dripping the sweat, dripping off yeah. the ceiling. It was a summer, it was like yeah, an August man.
0: or a July or August gig, and it was. It was and you were bouncing like a madman behind there, yeah, mate. You yeah, was loving I, it. Yeah, um, I, you know, I fed off the crowd, I, and I went on a pilgrimage to that kebab shop
2: after. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, what's it called? Um, I know, uh, the, I know uh, the one you're talking the one, about.
0: The, the kebab shop, there was this vi- thing that went viral That's in, right. me, me, me and my lot with I think it was like Flux Pavilion That's right. being played <laughs> in a kebab shop yeah. in Essex. And it was right. that. It was called Dino's, is it? It's called. I, I genuinely I, couldn't I, tell you. I, f- I forget what it was called, but I went on a pilgrimage to that kebab shop because <laughs> I love that clip before YouTube clips were even a thing, really.
2: Yeah.
0: But uh, but yeah, it was one of my favourite nights of my career. That one, you know. Excellent. Like, and, and, and you know that was that was for me more profound than playing in front of sixty thousand people with the Prodigy and Chasing Status and all of those guys at Warriors Dance. Wow. Sorry, Fantastic. guys, but you know that like that was that was my Essex Boys gig of the career of my
2: career. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. But, yeah, it was, it was, all this dubstep was being played and I just remember Zane got on the mic and he just went, right, you guys think you're cool, yeah? And like, you you, you want to have it, do you? And like, and I was thinking, right, well, well, we must have some serious tune here. And he kind of whipped them all up, didn't he? Yeah. And then he dropped, was it Ace of Spades, wasn't it? Yeah. And like, and he went fucking mental and I just thought, whoa and, and I just thought that's, that's a brave move playing the ace of which is a fucking banger <laughs> but I just thought if I would have got the mic and gone right lads <laughs> let me just tell you what unit it would have cleared the floor what would it have been yeah, it, it I mean, probably it would have been be, the Smiths. It probably, it. yeah, it'd be it'd be, probably yeah. Probably would have been Territorial Pissings, <laughs> char- char-
3: char- char- I think. But, Mate, well, that, that, that would be mine if I was going to do it. I bloody yeah. loved that song. But I, I saw Zane do something similar. Like, first time I ever saw him was at a, a festival and he started with Iron Man. And I was just like, that's a one hell of a song to fucking start a set with. To, again, a crowd that didn't look like they were really going to be digging metal or anything like that. Yeah. Good,
2: the good, good tune work. you played—that was the first time I heard it at Saffin—was the Coffee remixed It, the almost drum and bass version of um, "When the Sun Goes Down" by the Arctic Monkeys.
0: Oh, it was a drum and bass mix yeah. by Fake ID. He was one of my mashup boys. That was him. Fake He was, ID. He was a bedroom. Fake ID. He's uh, or Lionel Vinyl. He started out as. Yeah. So he was just one of the mashup crew that yeah. I used to encourage yeah. to to make tunes and send them yeah. into me and and you know help to start a whole kind yeah. of generation of bedroom producers or or people who used to produ- to make music when they were like young and then they'd had kids and they were dads and all that and then they got into it and of course they got they had the knowledge and yep, they got yeah. the, the reference points and, and yeah. the ear to be able to know what goes with what yeah. and it was it was a wonderful wonderful time yeah so he was one of them and I still play it to this day yeah that's a banger right we're getting sidetracked talking tunes we? all we're this talk of mash up tunes is, is, is <laughs> making <laughs> me hungry <laughs> we were always going to get
2: sidetracked of part one and what a part that was. Are you hungry? I bet you are. I was starving after his first five, his first one. Absolutely. Um, what a cracking chat. Um, yeah, thanks, Eddie, it, for coming on. Real, real, real gentleman. Um, I'm not going to say any more no. because part two will be out shortly. So we're going to have a. to flip? P- exactly. It's a drunken soiree in the within. <laughs> Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.